Hello and welcome back to the Pulpit to Pew podcast and we are in the second week of a mini-series entitled The Making of the Man Joshua. And this week we are going to continue looking at the lessons Joshua learned before he became the Joshua we all know about and read about. What are the lessons God taught him that prepared him to become such a great leader? We're going to look at that today. Let's get started. Well, hello, friends, and welcome back to the podcast. I was just reviewing what I want to talk about today, and I got to the very last verse that I really am going to draw our application and the lesson that Joshua learned. And as I record this, I'm sitting in my house, and I'm all alone. I got two dogs sleeping at my feet. And as I was just reviewing the truth, I got goosebumps. And I just said, wow, out loud. I'm home alone. Both dogs shot up. I got them worked up. But I am excited to get to this last verse. We got a lot of ground to cover to get there. And when you lead with that, it always sets the bar so high that when I get there, there's the danger of you going, oh, okay. But I'm telling you, I love this truth that we're going to look at today. Today, we're going to begin in Exodus chapter 24. We will get to Exodus chapter 33 without reading everything. That's where we're going to eventually get to. But let me back up for a second because this is part two of a mini-series in the making of the man Joshua. So if you missed part one, I would encourage you, you could pick up here. It's a standalone in a sense, but I'd encourage you to hit pause and go back and listen to the first lesson. The first lesson, we when we're introduced to Joshua, he was a warrior. And he was a servant of Moses. Moses selected him to go lead in a battle. And then Moses went up in the hill with a man named Hur and with Aaron. And they lifted up Moses' arms. Moses, at first, lifted up his own arms. And as long as his arms were lifted, they were winning the battle, you may remember. But when his arms began to sag, then they began to lose the battle. And so they put some stones under his arms, and then they helped hold his arms up. And Joshua won that battle, and he led his army to victory. And we saw some lessons in there. One of them we'll kind of touch on today, but but the two we really zeroed in on, he saw a lesson on faith and a lesson on obedience and how the two work together. There was faith that, that they were going to win this battle that I would assume they were probably outnumbered. There was faith in that. There was faith that as long as Moses was holding his arms up, they were going to win. Seemed kind of ridiculous, but he trusted that but there was still the obedience. They still had to fight. They still had to pull out their swords. They didn't just walk up and look at the guys and they fall over. There was the obedience part of it, but the obedience followed the faith. What a lesson for us in our lives that we trust God, but we have a responsibility to move forward. And sometimes in the moving forward, it doesn't seem possible. It doesn't seem comfortable. It may not make sense. That's faith but we obey. And that was the lesson last week. I know I just told you to pause and go back to it. If you didn't, you kind of got the nutshell of it, though I'd encourage you to go back. Today we're going to start in Exodus chapter 24 in verse number 12. Remember that Joshua is not the Joshua we know about in the book of Joshua. It's what this whole series is about. He's learning underneath Moses, who we're going to see again this week. Moses is the man. God is just, his presence is all over Moses. 
In verse 12, and the Lord said to Moses, and I'm in Exodus 24 again, verse 12, and the Lord said to Moses, come up to me into the mount and be there. And I, let me get my page turned here, will give thee tables of stone and a law and commandments, which I have written that thou mayest teach them. Now we know this as the 10 commandments. He's going to give him the Ten Commandments and the rest of the law, but he's going to write these Ten Commandments down. We understand that. We take that for granted today. This is kind of the origin. This is the origin of it. This is God said, I've, I've got these, and I want, to, I want you to write them down, but then I want you to teach them to the people. And Moses rose up and his minister Joshua. Here's where Joshua enters the scene. This is the second appearance of Joshua in the Bible. We first saw him, as I already repeated, as a warrior. Now he comes, after Moses has been called to go up to the mountain, Joshua's going to come as his minister, and he's going to go with him, up at least part way into this mountain. It says, And Joshua and Moses went up into the mount of God. And he said unto the elders, Tarry ye here for us, until we come again unto you. And behold, Aaron and Hur are with you. Now there is a danger of me going long this week. Okay, I'm trying not to. You remember Aaron and her, they had a key role last week. They held the arms up of Moses. They witnessed the power of God. They witnessed faith and obedience and prayer all working together. I say that because they are going to get left at the base of the mountain with the people to kind of oversee the people while Moses and Joshua head up the mountain. Joshua will end up being left off about halfway up the mountain. Moses will go up by himself. That's important. We'll come back. Here we go. It says, verse 15, And Moses went up into the mountain, and the cloud covered the mount. And the glory of the Lord abode upon Mount Sinai, and the cloud covered it six days. And the seventh day he called unto Moses out of the midst of the cloud. So for six days, Moses just sitting there waiting. And then God calls him out of the, it says, out of the midst of that cloud, and the, and the sight of the glory of the Lord was like devouring fire on the top of the mount in the eyes of the children of Israel. And Moses went up into the midst of the cloud and got him in the mount. And Moses was in the mount 40 days and 40 nights. Now this scene and this story we're going to talk about is going to cover 40 days, 40 nights. And, and Moses is going to be taken up to the top of this mount. There is, It says that the glory of God was like a devouring fire on top of this mountain. There's going to end up being thundering and lightning. This cloud is there. It is a majestic scene. Where's Joshua? Well, Joshua is about halfway up this mountain. He's going to, we're not going to hear about him anymore for until the end of these 40 days. But he's left there. Moses goes on. Moses actually hears from God. Joshua's sitting there. Moses, the Bible tells us, fasted for 40 days and 40 nights. What did Joshua do? Did he fast? We don't know. Maybe. But Joshua was just, can we say this? He was just faithful. He's not leading a war here. He's just sitting in silence on the side of a mountain for 40 days days. Think of how long 40 days is. Was I was sitting here just preparing to give this podcast, I went ahead and I asked Siri, 
what was 40 days ago? 40 days from when I'm recording right now, not when you're listening, obviously, but 40 days from when I'm recording right now was September 16th. Now, I journal every day, so I grabbed my journal out. I was like, what happened on September 16th? September 16th, I was left work early, and I went to a men's conference with a couple of my friends down at Hoosier Hills Baptist Camp. 40 days ago. It feels like it was forever ago. Go back right now, wherever you listen to this. Go back 40 days. If you journal, it's going to be easy for you. If you don't, think about what you did 40 days ago. That's the day you start on a mountain by yourself for 40 days. Now, you introverts, you're like, that's great. If I could get 40 days alone, at least give me a cabin and a couple books and we're good. That would be great. But 40 days in those elements, listening, probably hearing the thunder, seeing the lightning, not knowing what's going on, a cloud over, 40 days. Joshua sits in the middle of the mountain. Moses at the top hearing from Jesus. Aaron and her are down at the bottom with the people. Now, this scene is going to take place for Moses over the next about 10 chapters, till about chapter 33 or so. And I'm not going to read through all of that, but as Moses is up there, he's going to hear from God. And really we're going to, it says in the first verse of 20, chapter 25, and the Lord spake unto Moses. And then it's just going to be everything that God is saying to Moses that he wants Moses to give to the people. And we could continue reading on through. We're not going to read all of those chapters, but I do want to come to chapter 32. Because you remember quiz, I've said it two times now, where is Aaron and her They're at the base of the mountain. Chapter 32 says, And when the people saw that that Moses delayed to come down out of the mount. So they didn't know. It's not like Moses said, Hey guys, I'll be back in 40 days. They didn't know. He's their leader. He goes up into this mountain. They knew that and he hasn't come back. Did a mountain lion get him? Did a bear get him? Where's he at? He's not come back. Is he gone? Did God kill him? We, We don't know what's going on. And the people get restless. And says, and the people gathered themselves together unto Aaron and said unto him, up. Now listen to the weak faith of these people and Aaron. They said to Aaron, up, make us gods, small letter G. If you're not looking at your Bible, and you're probably not if you're listening to the podcast. Up, make us gods, small letter G, which shall go before us. For as for this Moses, the man that brought us up out of the land of Egypt... We want not what has become of him. And so they said, hey, we, we, we just lost our leader. We think, we don't know where he is. Make us gods, small gods. These people didn't bother to pray to the true God. They didn't bother to pray to the true God. They don't know what's going on. They're in a fog. They're in confusion. And they just go back to their old ways. Just give us these false gods. Make us some idols that we can worship. What are you doing? I'm so frustrated right now, even recording this podcast, thinking about it. But then, you know what? There's some times in my life when I don't see God. I don't know what's going on. I don't know what I should do. And I can sometimes revert back to my old ways. Now, I don't make an idol out of gold and bow down to it. But I may get myself depressed and frustrated and stop reading my Bible and that's what these people did. Now, my lesson's not on them. I got to get back to Joshua, but but that's what they did. And in, and in verse two, this breaks my heart because Aaron was such, well, I didn't talk about Aaron a lot last week, but what a man of faith. He got to witness what God has done and he has his entire life. But it says, and Aaron said unto them, break off the golden earrings, which are in the ears of your wives and your sons and of your daughters. 
and bring them to me. And all the people break off the golden earrings which were in their ears and brought them to Aaron. And he received them at their hand and fashioned it with a graven tool. And he had made a molten calf. Aaron, what are you doing? And, and they said, These be thy gods, O Israel, which brought thee out of the land of Egypt. No, they did not. They didn't bring them out of Egypt. These are, these are golden idols. They didn't do anything. You just made them with your hands. God brought you out. God is the one that did those plagues. God parted the Red Sea. What, what, are, you, what are you saying? And when Aaron saw it, he built an altar before it. And Aaron made proclamation and said, Tomorrow is a feast to the Lord. And they rose up early in the morrow and offered burnt offerings and brought peace offerings. And the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. What are they doing? Shallow Christians. I, I know Christians is the wrong word to use there because people weren't called Christians until the New Testament. I mean, can I say it better this way? Shallow followers of God. They are now seeking out these false gods to worship. Why not just worship the true God? But they, because they don't, they don't see what God is doing in their immediate moment. They don't have the patience. They don't have the faith to endure that. They don't have the faith to continue. They want something that they can hold, something that they can see. And so now, verse 7, And the Lord said unto Moses, Go, get thee down, for the people which thou broughtest out of the land of Egypt have corrupted themselves. So now we're in the top part of the mountain. Now the bottom, they're playing, they're worshiping these false gods. You're going to see in a minute, they're dancing, they're going crazy. In the top of the mountain, God is frustrated, says Moses, you better get down there. They have corrupted themselves. They have turned aside quickly out of the way which I commanded them. He goes on to say they have made them a molten calf. So he's telling Moses all this. They've worshipped and have sacrificed unto thee. And said, These be thy gods, O Israel, which have brought thee out of the land of Egypt. And the Lord said to Moses, I have seen this people. And behold, it's a stiff-necked people. Boy, I know I'm, I'm going to... Where's Joshua? He's still sitting on the side of the mountain. I'm going to get to him in a second. He's still sitting there. And it, But the teacher in me said, there's so many lessons. They're stiff-necked. Proverbs talks a lot about being stiff-necked. You and I cannot become stiff-necked. It's stubborn in our ways. We got to be humble. We got to be broken. We got to be pursuing and seeking God, not stubborn in our sinful ways. And if we don't get what we want, we're going to go do no, no, no. God said in verse 10, Now therefore let me alone, that my wrath may wax hot against them, and that I may consume them, and I will make of thee. A great nation. He says, hey, let me just kill these people. God is speaking. He says, they have corrupted themselves. I will consume them, Moses. I'll spare you and I'll make you a great nation. To Moses' credit, and I'm trying not to teach on Moses because he's not the central character. We're still trying to get Moses, Joshua off the side of that mountain. He's by himself right now. Going to get back to him. But look at Moses. What a man. I love Moses. And Moses besought the Lord his God and said, Lord, why doth thy wrath wax hot against thy people, which thou hast brought forth out of the land of Egypt with great power and with his mighty hand? Wherefore should the Egyptians speak and say, For mischief he did bring them out. He says, So God, you, you can't do this. What he's doing is what we call interceding. He is in between God and sinful man, and he is pleading to God to spare them. He's praying, in a sense, for God and saying, God, spare them. 
do not consume them. So in verse 15, and Moses turned and went down from the mount, and the two tables and the testimonies were in his hand, and the tables were written on both sides. So he had the Ten Commandments in his hand. It says, verse 16, and the tables were the work of God and were written in the writing of God, graven on the, on the tables. And when Joshua, so finally get, he meets up with Joshua, finally. And when Joshua heard the noise of the people as they shouted, he said unto Moses, there is a noise of war in the camp. Now Joshua doesn't know what's going on yet. He's been sitting there by himself. And, and, they're, and he's saying to Moses when they get together and walking, he goes, I, maybe some believe maybe that he's younger than Moses he was, and that's why he could hear the noise maybe before Moses. Maybe Moses was just so frustrated and he's already thinking about it. But he says, hey, I hear noise down there. It sounds like there's a war, and the warrior's ready to go. And Moses calms him, and he said, it is not the voice of them that shout for mastery, neither is it the voice of them that cry for, the, um, for being overcome, but the noise of them that sing do I hear. And it came to pass, as soon as he came nigh into the camp, he saw the calf and the dancing, and Moses' anger was waxed hot. And he cast the tables out of his hands, and he break them beneath the mount. So Joshua's standing there, and, he's, and, and now Joshua sees what's going on. Moses sees what's going on. And Moses takes those stones, and he casts them down, and they break right there. And he is frustrated. Joshua witnesses this. He's seeing this, but I still haven't got to the point I want to get to. Now Moses confronts Aaron. I will. I, I have to. I have to kind of hasten this along. Moses confronts Aaron and says, "Why did you do this? What, you, what were you thinking?" And you can read down there. I'm in. I'm in chapter 32, and and he goes on down a little bit in verse 25. And when Moses saw that the people were naked, they didn't even have any clothes on. They were dancing, and Aaron had made them naked it says then moses stood in the gate of the camp and said who is on the lord's side that's where we get our hymn from it says let him come unto me and all the sons of levi gathered themselves together this is where levi gets a special allotment later on this is the beginning point for a good spot for levi because they chose moses and they came alongside and so moses then pleased for his he pleads to Israel. He says, you're in sin. There is a great passage at the end of chapter um, 32. Brian McBride preached a wonderful message here years ago. And there's a there's punctuation in here. Punctuation isn't the right word, but I don't know the right word. In verse 32, Moses is praying for the people. And he says, yet now, if thou wilt forgive their sin. And then there's a pause. There's a long hyphen. We use it a lot today in writing. It's a common thing now in writing. Back then it wasn't as much, but there's a long hyphen. And he, so he leads to this in this prayer to God. He says, yet if thou wilt forgive their sin, and then he pauses. And Brother McBride pointed out that that pause is almost like he's trying to even imagine life if God wouldn't forgive sin. Now we understand that God forgives, but the thought that God would not was is a scary thought. But he, he goes on, and, and, and Moses, there's a great lesson that could be taught on Moses. He's interceding for the people. He is praying for the people. He, these people corrupted him. They've been hateful to him. They've been terrible to him, but he's still praying for these people. Do we intercede to God on the needs of those around us, the people that we care for? Great lesson. But I've got to get to my verse. So I'm going to go to chapter 33 now. In chapter 33, Moses has been frustrated with the people. He's gotten some answers from God. He sets up a tent. It's called a tabernacle here, and I'm going to read it. It's a tent. It's not the tabernacle. That hasn't been, that hasn't been um, 
finalized yet, but he sets up a tent outside of the camp and he goes in there to pray and others could come in and pray. But when Moses is really in the presence of God, a cloud would come over that tent and everybody knew Moses is right now in the presence of God. He's talking to God. So listen to this. Verse 7, Moses took the tabernacle or a tent and pitched it without the camp, outside the camp, afar off from the camp, and called it the tabernacle of the congregation. It came to pass that when everyone which sought the Lord went into the tabernacle of the congregation, which was without the camp, so anybody that wanted to come in, and it came to pass when Moses went out unto the tabernacle that all the people rose up, they just stood when he came out. And stood every man at, the t- at his tent door and looked after Moses until he was gone into the tabernacle. They stood up and just watched him. This guy, I mean, he's just bigger than life right now. God's presence is all over him. But it gets even better because it says, And it came to pass as Moses entered into the tabernacle, the cloudy pillar, that's the one that led them, remember, out of Egypt. That cloudy pillar, it says, if I can find my spot, yeah, it descended and it stood at the door of the tabernacle and the Lord talked with Moses. So when he was in there, he was talking to Moses. But here's what you don't see yet. Moses wasn't alone. Watch. And the people saw the cloudy pillar stand at the tabernacle door and all the people rose up and worshiped every man in his tent door. They are on the outside watching in amazement of the, the even the natural stuff the pillar of cloud over they can just they just know that Moses is in that tent and he is talking with God and God is talking to him it's a big deal now watch verse 11 and the lord spake unto Moses face to face that means there was such i don't i don't know that it means i don't think that it means necessarily that God came down and he saw him in a in a physical form it just means that the presence of God was so real it was so thick It was so obvious that Moses was praying, he was talking to God, and God was answering him in whatever way God answered back then. Multiple ways it could have been. It could have been an audible voice. Very well could have been. Could have been through other ways. But God was speaking to him, and it was so real. It was as if it was face to face. He says, as a man speaketh unto his friend, there was such, it was such a close intimate fellowship in this moment right here. Moses had that with God. And he said, here's what Moses did. And he turned again into the camp. Now watch this phrase. But his servant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, now watch this phrase, departed not out of the tabernacle. Now, what do I mean by this? Moses was spending some time with God. He was praying so passionately and God was answering back in such a passionate way. It was as if two friends were talking. It was as if they were face to face and there was one other person in that tent that got to hear it. It was Joshua. And when Moses was done, he got up to leave and he's like, hey, hey Joshua, let's go. And Joshua said, I'm not going anywhere. I'm not leaving. I've got to have what you have. And Joshua stayed back. And and what what is being implied here is that Joshua said, I don't want to leave this moment 
I just want to keep praying. And so Moses left and Joshua stayed. What happened? I don't know. The Bible doesn't tell us. But what I do know is Joshua was so moved by God and by what he saw God saying in Mo- to Moses and what he saw in Moses saying to God that he said, I want that and I won't leave until I get it. And when I read that earlier today, I got goosebumps and I said, wow, out loud. And even right now I feel myself emotional because we've got to get to that place in our lives where we say, I want to speak to God face to face, not in a weird way trying to say that I saw God. I just want it to be so real and so impactful that I know that I met with God. Our church services need to get back to where when we're done, we say, man, God was with us today. We just get so used to saying, we get so used to saying, well, you know, God's presence is here. God is everywhere present. Yeah, he is everywhere present, but most people wouldn't know it. Most people have no idea because they don't have their lives personally in a place where they hear from God as if it's face to face, like a friend, like talking to a friend, as it says right here. And we can have that every day. I know I don't have that every day, like I should. But our time of devotion to God is kind of like being in that tent. And it's kind of like we're getting alone and we're getting in that tent and we're just talking to God. And there may be some time. Some of us handle our time of devotion with God like, hey, hurry up now. If I can just get my three chapters out of the way, if I can just get my 10 you know, minutes of prayer, if I can just get this done, then I can just move on. Joshua said, I'm not leaving. I'm not getting up from this spot. I'm so overwhelmed with what I'm knowing and learning and experiencing in God that I'm not moving. Go ahead, Moses. Go out to the people. I'm staying in this tent. And what I I guess I want to kind of convey to you, whoever are listening, is may we get that type of heart that says, I'm not leaving the tent. I'm not leaving this time with God. And I may have set out to think I had 10 minutes, but I'm taking 20. And if it's still this good at 20, I'm going 30. I may have to call in work if it gets too good. I I just am loving my time with God. You know, I've been this week thinking about the podcast and thinking about writing and like why do it? Why continue? What is the point? And then sometimes I think about if I do continue, what is what is the theme? Like, what do I want this to be about? Um, in business world, you you want to figure out your theme. Uh, theme is not the right word, but it's why do you do what you do and be able to put it in a short, pithy statement. So I've been writing some things out, and why why am I doing this? And to be honest with you, I think this. This is it. This is the this verse and this lesson is it. The, this podcast is not for pastors and 
and, and think, though the, the, they can all listen to it. I mean, it's not a, not for them, but my heart is that everyday people that go to work like I do and go to a bank and or go to your job in the factory and you listen to this, my heart is for you to get in that tent like Joshua and say, wow, this is amazing. This is, this is so, so good. God answers prayer. God hears me. God loves me. God, God wants to, God wants to use me. And for us to get so in love with God that we say, I'm not getting up. I'm not leaving this tent. I want to spend some more time with God. Now I got to figure out how to say all that in a pithy statement. And I've got a few, but that's my heart is for all of us to get back to saying, I don't have to wait till Sunday though. I emphasize the local church. That's what it's all about and your pastor, but you spend time with God today. You experience the intimacy with God today. You can do it. You can get into the word of God. And that's what I think Joshua learned in this moment. He learned that God hears and answers prayer. He learned the value of the presence of God. And he's going to need that when he becomes a leader. Because every every place he went to fight, he would be outnumbered or it would seem crazy. And when he, when he understood the presence of God, he won. And when he forgot the presence of God at AI, he would lose later on. You and I need time with God every day and not checklist time, not routine habit time. And it's going to happen at times, but we need to say, wow, my time with God today was amazing. And when that happens, meditation is not a problem. You can't help but think about it. It's like going on a date. You go on that date, remember with your spouse and and before you were married and you're like, wow, and you think about her all night long. You think about him all night long. You think about that time, what he said, how he said it. When you spend that time with God, it may only be 10 minutes, but you leave going, wow, that was amazing. I don't want to leave the tent. I hope that was helpful to you. I went way, way longer than I had planned. But for some reason, this lesson struck a chord with me. And I pray that it did the same with you. Hey friends, thanks again for listening to this podcast. If it was a help to you, would you please leave a review wherever you're listening, whether it be Spotify or uh, Apple Podcasts, just hit one of the stars there. And if you want, write one. And that would mean a lot to me. My mom wrote one a couple years ago and she called herself the Red Barn fan, I think. And there's a story behind that. I don't know if I've told on the podcast, but put a funny name on there. That's fine. It doesn't matter. I may read it on here sometime, but I appreciate the kind feedback I get. Thank you for being a part of the podcast. And uh, I've been considering some things for the future. And we may take, and I'm going to talk more about this later, I may take the month of December off to make some plans and adjustments to the podcast. I may or may not. We'll see how it goes. But either way, just thank you for being a part of it. If you have any questions that you'd like to submit, and maybe we'll answer some of them in the upcoming months, I would love to add a segment of that to the podcast if possible. So thanks again for listening. I know it was a long one this week, but it meant a lot to me, and I pray that it meant a lot to you. Have a great week.